Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Chief Christopher Ray testifying before the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, as I expected, Ray didn't offer very much, but uh, I have to say that the Congress people, pretty lame um, across the board, and I'll explain why that is. Um, American people were not well served by this today. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So if the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, is compromised by politics, this country and the world has a problem. That's where we start. So the director is Christopher Wray. He was appointed by Donald Trump on June 7, 2017. And uh, he comes across as a staid, S-T-A-I-D, man, but he has certainly allowed the Bureau to get out of control. There is no question about that. Is he as bad as his predecessor, James Comey? No. But Ray is either incompetent or corrupt, one or the other. So you got him in the room, okay? But he emerges pretty much unscathed. So before I get to the proof of this. I want to give you a poll taken by Fox News uh, late June. Very simple. Do you have confidence in the FBI? No. 40. Yes, 59. Okay. Now, that is because the agents who are in the field across country are very good at what they do. And they don't have, most of them, a political bent. Now, there are offices like Richmond, Virginia, that do. 
But I think Americans are separating the actual agents from the hierarchy in Washington. I just want to put that out there. So there were 19 Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee today. Not one wanted to know anything negative about the FBI. Not one. In fact, all they wanted to do in this hearing today was bash Donald Trump. Go. So to sum up, President Trump had many, many chances to voluntarily comply with FBI and DOJ's request. Instead, he made the choice to keep these highly classified defense and national security documents, apparently because he wanted a souvenir. We are here today because MAGA Republicans will do anything to protect Donald Trump, their savior, no matter how unfounded or dangerous it may be to do so. I mean, Trump wasn't even involved with this at all other than the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, okay, which was legal. They acted, the Bureau acted under a warrant. Should have it taken place that way? No. But beside that, that's it. But every Democrat, they want to divert attention away from corruption within the FBI onto Trump. And that's what they're going to do on every issue, every time, all day, from now until the election of 2024. Now, as I predicted yesterday, um, Ray wasn't really going to answer any questions. Go. Needless to say, the, the injunction itself is a subject of ongoing litigation, uh, and so I'll, I'll decline to comment further. As you know, this is a very active, ongoing investigation, and there are some restrictions on that. It's an issue of commenting on ongoing criminal investigations, which is something that by longstanding department policy, we are restricted in doing and can't speak to the specifics. It's not true. He can speak to the specifics of anything he wants, as long as he does not convict someone who has been charged. So notice the word policy. It's his policy. He can make up any policy he wants. Now, these were the primary issues at that hearing today. First, were there FBI plants on January 6th? Okay. Did the FBI have undercovers inside the Capitol riot? Now, we know that the FBI was warned weeks in advance that violence may have take place on January 6th, and they did nothing about it, alerted no one. That's what should have zeroed in on with Ray. You knew you did nothing. Why? Question wasn't even asked by the Republicans. Stunning. Second issue, did the FBI go to social media companies and tell them not to run the Hunter Biden story? Yes or no? Now, it's on the record from Twitter They did. The FBI agents did that. Did Ray know that? Again, wasn't specific. These are simple questions. I'm a simple man. Did your agents go to Twitter or any other social media company and tell them not to run certain stories like the Hunter Biden laptop? Yes or no? Third, did the FBI target Catholic churches? Now, Ray addressed that a little bit because the evidence is overwhelming against the Richmond office that it did. 
And Ray said, well, well when I found out about it, I was, I was outraged. And, I, and it's under investigation now, and we're going to do something later this summer. That's what Ray's answer was. Okay. Now, the big story is the Biden family finance story. And the best guy on this was a congressman that I have criticized in the past, Matt Getz. Go. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not. Okay. But the question, Matt, wasn't framed properly. You've got to ask him yes or no questions. You, you know he's not going to say, oh, yeah, we're protecting the Bidens. Now, I know the Republicans in the House want to get on record, but you have other opportunities to do that. In your five minutes of questioning, you pin him down. All right. You had the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI had it. They verified that it was Hunter Biden who put the stuff in the machine. Yes, yes. Then how could your agents go to Twitter and tell them it might be Russian disinformation, whatever? That's what you do. You build a stair step. All right. This is what I do for a living. Now, people think, well, they erect a a congressman or a senator that these are brilliant people. They're not brilliant people. They don't know how to interview. But you've got to anticipate what Ray, shrewd hombre, is going to do and say. All right. I'm going to go over this again because it's important. These are the questions that should have been asked and were not to Christopher Wray. One, did the FBI have any role in assisting the IRS in the Biden family investigation? Any role at all? If he said yes, then you say, what was that role? If he says no, he could be lying under oath. Okay, second question. Mr. Ray, did you know FBI agents were meeting with social media corporations and discussing information? Did you know that? Yes or no? What did you know? If he answers yes. If he answers no, then he's an incompetent boob. His people are going to Silicon Valley and he doesn't know it. Third, what specific discipline have you taken against FBI personnel for these social media meetings where Twitter itself from its own files has said the FBI came in and said, don't run the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. What discipline have you taken, Mr. Ray? Okay. And fourth, is it your responsibility to investigate charges that have been given by whistleblowers to you and the FBI about corruption on the part of President Biden. Remember, the FBI held back the whistleblower memo where the accusation was then Vice President Biden got money from his son and brother. They held it back. It had to threaten Ray with contempt of Congress to have him give that up. 
and he gave it up in a redacted form. Didn't make it public. Okay? Why? You, why did it take that threat of contempt of Congress for you to give it up? Why didn't you just come on in when asked? Again, I'm a simple man. These are simple questions. None of them are asked. So, Ray comes tonight. Well, I'm talking to you. He's got his martini. He's not in any danger. His boss, Merrick Garland, is going to protect him, and Biden's going to protect him because he's protecting them. That's the swamp. And that's the memo. Secret Service briefed uh, Congress today on the cocaine found at the White House, and they don't know who did it. And they're closing the investigation. Lack of evidence. We don't know. Secret Service doesn't know. Can't find out. This reminds me of the Supreme Court leak. Alito's memo on abortion leaked. I, we can't find whoever leaked. We, we don't know. Can't find. <laughs> All right. So I don't know who brought cocaine into the White House. But I do know that there's probably DNA on that cocaine. Right? So if you bring cocaine in a bag, you got to handle the cocaine. You got to put it, the cocaine in the bag. All right? And you may even have used the cocaine. This is likely DNA. Not a lock, but likely. So you would have to get all the White House employees, including the president, to give DNA samples to see if there's a match. If there isn't a match, that means that somebody from the outside doing a tour probably bought cocaine. But does that make any sense to you? Is there anybody on this earth who would go to a tour at the White House and bring cocaine and then stash it? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know a lot of stupid people. But wh- why would you do that? All right, the odds of getting caught if you have cocaine on you when you're going through all the wanding to get into the White House, and then you leave it there? So that's what the Secret Service said. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's somebody coming in. This is just bull. It's just, it doesn't stack at all. Now, I'm not going to accuse the Secret Service of being like the FBI. That would be unfair. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say this makes no sense whatsoever. President Biden back in the USA uh, from uh, the NATO summit in Lithuania, and he visited uh, Finland. Nice country. I've been there. A little chilly. I don't know if you want to hang in Finland for the winter, but uh, Finland and tough boys, they fought the Soviets to a draw in World War II. And, um, you know, it's a nice little country, Finland. And they're a NATO uh, ally now, so we're happy. That whole NATO thing with Biden was fine. And if you see anybody carpet on it, that's ridiculous. There's enough stuff to bring Biden under scrutiny. Not that. That that went okay. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the Internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, next Wednesday, and we're all over this, uh, two IRS whistleblowers will testify before the House Oversight Committee. That's Congressman Comer. Um, And the whistleblowers are IRS agents who say Hunter Biden got soft treatment, and they really didn't want to know. The IRS didn't want to know what he did or did not do. The FBI certainly didn't want to know. I don't even know if the FBI assisted the IRS, which they would have or should have, with international banking all over the place, where the FBI does. Okay, I don't know. So we will hear next Wednesday from two whistleblowers, one identified, Gary Shapley, he's been all over cable, probably saw him, and another unidentified guy. Though we don't, we'll have to know unless he has a bag over his head uh, next Wednesday. All right, there's a new tip poll, T-I-P-P. This is an internet poll where you have to go in and participate, but it's interesting. All right, the tip poll was 1,341 adults. Here is the question. How likely is it that the claims made by the government whistleblowers alleging President Biden, his son Hunter, and other members of his family have received up to $30 million from sources connected to foreign governments, including China, Russia, and Ukraine, are true? How likely is it they are true? Total likely 56% of the American public who answered this poll. Not likely 27. So 56% of the people who answered this poll think that Biden's a grifter. The president. Now, again, maybe they're all conservative Republicans who answered the poll. I, I don't know. But the poll is interesting. So every day I ask myself, how's Kamala Harris doing? Don't you? You know, when we get up in the morning... Make your coffee, get a little cereal, a little eggs, whatever. And then, you know, I wonder how Kamala's doing today. So yesterday, um, she's at a conference, and she called the conference to discuss AI. Roll it. First of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and and we can predict then, if we think about what what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. So to reduce it down to its most simple point, this is part of the issue that we have here, is thinking about what is going into a decision and then whether that decision is actually legitimate and reflective of the needs and the life experiences of all people. Got that? <laughs> I, I, it's entertaining. No idea what that, I think what she's trying to say, and you know, they have the sign person there when she's talking. She needs, like, some of the Japanese and Hispanic ball players. She needs an interpreter. That after she finishes that, the interpreter says, here's what she said. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> so what I think she said is that with the AI, you got to feed in the AI stuff before the AI spits it back at you. Okay. I told you this a few weeks ago that my nephew, who's a computer genius, um, he asked 
AI to write a column like I would write a column. So you put AI or Deer, whatever it is, please write a column on crime in the style of Bill O'Reilly. And then the, about three minutes later, boom, the column comes out. Okay. It wasn't in my style, but it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. I think that's what she's saying is that with all this AI, artificial intelligence, man, somebody has to feed stuff in and then it comes back out. But Lord knows what the woman is talking about. All right, let's get another point of view on this. Joining us from Miami, Nicole Parker, FBI agent for 12 years. And uh, she follows the agency, obviously, as an alumni, uh, very, very closely. In my Talking Points memo, did I make any mistakes or was I unfair, Ms. Parker? First of all, thank you for um, having me. I, you know, this is kind of what we anticipated that it was going to be. When Chris Ray comes in to testify, you can expect that he's probably going to deflect on many or most of the answers. Um, you know, a lot of times the answer is, you know, it's an ongoing federal investigation. We cannot discuss that. That's an ongoing personnel matter, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I think that Americans want to know the truth. They feel like they are seeing this politicization happening and what's what's happening to fix it. There, there is no fix to this. And so I think that's what Americans were anticipating today. They wanted to hear Chris Wright testify under oath and understand the status of all of these concerns, one politicization issue after another at the FBI. And we didn't get that, correct? You know, a lot of us are left with uh, unanswered questions. Like I said, there's an easy way to deflect answers. You know, say it's ongoing sure, investigation. It's that's an ongoing it. personnel matter. That's uh, right. you know, protected, things of that sort. Right. Very easy to do it. Now, you're a professional uh, law enforcement agent, and you know how to interview witnesses and uh, people who are charged with crimes. I didn't see any perceptive questions in that hearing today. Uh, obviously, Democrats, they didn't want a part of it, but the Republicans wanted to make speeches rather than interrogate. Is that how you saw it? Um, you know, it's a chance for people to say what they want to stay in front of Christopher Ray and get his reaction. But yes, I do agree that many times it's not as much of an interview and um, a testimony as it is stating what they want to get out and right. for the American public to hear. Making a speech. You were in the FBI right. for five years under Ray. You were in Miami most of the time, correct? I was in the Miami division my entire time at the FBI. Okay. Did you see, and remember, you work for Comey, who has been proven to be very political. Did you see a change in the bureau under Ray when he came in? So I was an FBI agent under Robert Mueller, um, and then James Comey, and then Christopher Ray. Uh, when Christopher Ray came in, we all knew that he was coming in because Jim Comey had been fired um, after the Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And it, it was a different leadership style and that um, Christopher Ray was not as much in the public eye. He was not out there speaking to the media as frequently as we were seeing Jim Comey. Um, we were trying to regain our trust with the American people after what had occurred with Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And unfortunately, that politicization seemed to have continued even under Christopher, you know, even under Christopher Ray. Did agents in Miami discuss that? Were they all in agreement with what you just said, that the Bureau is becoming more politicized under Ray? 
So I wouldn't say all agents feel the same. I think that as an FBI agent, you have relationships with those in your own field office in the Miami division, but also field offices across the nation. You know, whether you're involved in something that appears to be political, I was working violent crime, crimes against children, uh, human, human traffic, trafficking, uh, you know, active shooters, things of that sort. And the politicization was seeping in regardless of what type of violation you were working. I tried to just focus on my violent crime cases, but because of the constant barrage of politicization, it was difficult to ignore what was happening. And so me, I would say agents, agents all over the country, okay, well, wait, we I all saw talk, it happening. I just want to talk about you. Can you give sure. me an example of, politic, mm -hmm. of what you saw in your right. investigations as far as politics are concerned? So my particular investigations, I did not see politics involved because I was working violent crime most of my career, white collar crime, violent crime, human trafficking, crimes against children, active shooters, mass shooters, things of that sort. But what I did see was that constantly there was a barrage of information and we were hearing about the investigations many times occurring out of WFO or Washington headquarters, such as, uh, you know, Operation Crossfire Hurricane. I had nothing to do with that, but we all heard about that. And we were all, you know, when Chris Ray came in and there were all of these changes that were made to the process. Again, I was not involved in those types of investigations or cases, but we were all held accountable for the mistakes of those that did, that were involved. Okay. So for instance, after Operation Crossfire Hurricane, we all had to do something called virtual academy. We had to go in and study and take these exams talking about, you know, what went wrong in that investigation. I, I have to tell you that doing a virtual academy training does not fix the problem. Character and honesty of those working at the FBI cannot be ingrained in someone because they are asked to take a training on virtual academy oh, there's, there's no after question. something of this sort. There's no question about that. But the Justice Department, President Biden, and to some extent Christopher Wray, but lesser, have defined the major problem in the United States as right-wing militia groups. That's, they say, flat out, that's the biggest threat. Not the human traffickers, not the drug cartels, not Al-Qaeda. It's right-wing extremists, the biggest domestic threat. Surely you knew that, you heard right. that. Does right. FBI concur that that's the biggest threat? Agents on the field and ground level would not agree with that. I myself did not agree with that. That is not what I saw as okay. the biggest threat facing that, this country. That's now. a blatant example of politics. I'll give you another one. Abortion clinics. So there have been hundreds of attacks on Catholic churches in the last few years. Hundreds. But the FBI has solved very few of them. I don't even know if there's any investigations into any of them. But Abortion clinics, they're hauling people in right and left, pro-life people who may go overstep, go too close to the clinic, or yell at somebody going in for information, whatever. FBI's all over it. That's what the Richmond office did with the Catholic Church. It was targeted at people who were pro-life. Did the FBI agents, you and others, know that was happening? We saw it happening. Like I said, there was a pattern of this type of behavior occurring over and over and over again. For me, I personally started seeing it during Operation Crossfire Hurricane. I okay. also saw it during the Hillary so Clinton you, email right, investigation. You answered the question. You saw it, you mm -hmm. saw it, you saw it. Yep. The FBI bureau chief 
and all of them all around the country, in Miami, Denver, Seattle, wherever it may be, they have to answer to Washington, D.C. They can't go against the prevailing political sentiment coming out of there, correct? So that is one of the issues that I believe is occurring at the FBI. There is too much power at the headquarters level and up in D the D.C. area, whether it's WFO or whether it's you know the Baltimore field office or headquarters, the cases need to be decentralized and need to be worked out of the individual field offices. So I am correct in saying that Washington, like a giant octopus, is basically controlling all of the bureaus and the bureau chiefs, the FBI chiefs in charge, aren't going to go against Washington. That's something that we that we saw. You know, okay. we just saw that there was a lot of um, guidance coming down from headquarters and you were basically, that's what you do. Each individual field office is separate, right? But all this is an example of something that, that I saw and that we all saw at the Bureau. During the summer of 2020, there were cities burning to the ground. There were federal buildings that were being damaged and there was no call out for FBI to respond and to protect those, those buildings and to protect these cities. But yet, you know, when it comes to a political uh, matter, you know, around January 6th, full force of the FBI was enlisted. So and after so there the was just a very Floyd stark riots, contrast. After the George Floyd riots and the Antifa in, in Oregon and all this, the FBI essentially stood down. They didn't look there was at never, it. Right, go ahead. Right, there was, there was never like a widespread call out like right. there was for um, January 6th. There just wasn't. I mean, we received multiple emails saying, hey, you know, we need volunteers to come to D.C. for this. I never saw a widespread call out bureau wide during 2020. I just did not. All right, Ms. Parker, thanks for your candor and honesty. It's a service to the American people. We really appreciate it and we hope we can speak to you again soon. Thank you. Okay, so there you have it. I think that's the best coverage you'll get on the Ray hearings and the FBI from anywhere. If you see any good coverage, anybody else doing anything worthy, please let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. Okay, um, by the way, we are going to have a special event, uh, BillOReilly.com, no spin news event. It's going to be Monday, uh, July 24th, all right? about our investigation into the Biden family finances. This event is simply uh, your questions to me, and I will answer them for about 45 minutes, but it's only for premium and concierge members of BillOReilly.com. So if you're thinking about it, joining us and uh, getting all of the things we have for you for a very, very low price, uh, you will get access to that special. For the thousands of premium and concierge members we already have, okay, just mark that calendar, 8 p.m., July 24th, live. I'll have the emails right in front of me. Bop, pop, pop, pop. Okay? So we're doing that for you because we know you're very interested in this. Um, the Biden administration does not like this federal order that federal employees are no longer to consult with social media mavens. This comes off the censorship by Twitter and others about the COVID vaccine. So federal judges have said, your federal employee 
you can't have meetings with the social media crew. All right, the judge that issued that order is U.S. District Court Judge Terry Doty. Okay, and um, he has issued it temporarily. The order bars many agencies and their employees from urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing social media companies to remove or restrict content. Okay, so the Biden administration asked for a delay, and the judge said no. This is going to go to the Supreme Court. That's where it's headed. First Amendment. But you can see the intent because the censorship on social media was so horrific, driven by the FBI and other federal agencies, that the federal judiciary is appalled. You can't be making secret deals with these people to censor opinions if you're in the FBI or anyplace else. That's under the uh, federal government's umbrella. Fascinating story. All right, Fox News may uh, face a lawsuit from Ray Epps. Now, those of you who follow January 6th, you certainly know who Ray Epps is. Uh, He was a Trump supporter, former Marine from Arizona. He was at the riot on January 6th. Um, He was not charged, but still could be. Okay, Epps is not free and clear of charges on January 6th. However, Tucker Carlson in particular and others at Fox News suggested, I think that's the word I'm looking for, that Epps was part of a false flag operation. He was a plant to incite the riot at the Capitol. Epps went on 60 Minutes and said his life is ruined After watching that, here's what I said. First of all, if you watched 60 Minutes last night, you saw a man named Ray Epps, right, tell the audience that Tucker Carlson ruined his life. I'm going to deal with Mr. Epps in the final thought of today's broadcast. But that was a pretty strong assertion on 60 Minutes. And when I saw it, I said, oh, here comes the lawsuit against Tucker Carlson and Fox News from Ray Epps. Now, The Guardian, not a reliable source, The Guardian newspaper reports that Epps is going to sue. His lawyer has already demanded an apology, sent Fox News a cease and desist letter demanding a retraction of the conspiracy theory, and on and on. My question is, why hasn't Epps sued before this? What's holding that up? See, there's something, something in there that we don't know about. Again, we report the facts. Do we trust the Guardian? No. Is it likely Epps will sue? Yes. But there's something holding it up. Okay, what else do we have here on the sheet? Oh, by the way, Fox News stock was downgraded yesterday by Wells Fargo, um, and then the left went wild. But this is across the board. This isn't just an FNC problem. Cable news and programming entertainment is done. It's done. It's obsolete because it's too expensive. 
So cable news, if you get a full boot of cable offerings, you're paying $225. People aren't going to do that. I mean, I have 100 channels. I don't watch 90 of them. Okay, it's very, very hard to find anything to watch. Life Below Zero, I don't need to watch that. (laughs) I just don't. I'm sorry. And cable news ratings, I mean, since I left six and a half years ago, I mean, whoop, like this. Because people can get information elsewhere. They don't have to invest an hour. But more importantly, all news operations are boring. They're all repetitive. They're all boring. The analysts are afraid to say anything that will get them in trouble. And why? 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 So the audience has fled and at the same time downsized because of money to just select the things that they want, which you can do. All right. So very interesting things uh, taking place. And here's another Disney. Okay, this is a titanic corporation has lost uh, more than 50% of its value in the stock market. Two reasons. Disney is greedy. In fact, there's going to be an eighth dwarf named Greedy. Okay, there's Dopey, and there's Doc, and there's Greedy. So if you're a family of four and you go to Disney World or Disneyland, you could easily spend $1,000 a day. Most people can't do that. Most families can't do that. And now Disney's woke, unapologetically woke, woke to the core. So there's an outfit called Touring Plans. They did a study of wait times uh, in Disneyland and, yeah, Disney World. Epcot, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom studied it. And the wait times are down 43% since 2019, which means there are fewer people going to the parks. And I believe it. It's mainly because of the money. It's so expensive. So Greedy the Dwarf, you know, he may get let go. They might have to furlough Greedy. Netherlands, this is a great story. So our foreign policy partner is DailyChatter.com. And and those of you who have signed up are very pleased. I get mail all the time. Daily Chatter, one word. Chatter, C-H-A-T-T-E-R, dailychatter.com. So they send me this story. In the Netherlands, they are banning, all right, all cell phones and all this social media stuff in classrooms. Okay? So smartwatches, tablets, mobile phones, uh, January 1st, 2024. Okay, coming up about six months from now. No more. Kids in class can't have any of that. Makes sense, right? Because the kids are all, and they're not learning listening to you. Not listening to you. The teacher should happen in the USA. Absolutely should happen. Put the stuff in your locker. When you're not in class, you can do it. When you're in class, no. You do it, it's confiscated. Netherlands. Right on. Okay. Smart life. It's a great story. Another great story. Brushing your teeth may reduce risk of dementia. This is from the Neurology Journal. It says, researchers discovered that individuals with mild gum disease and fewer teeth experience a faster rate of brain shrinkage in the left 
hippocampus, a crucial region responsible for language and word recall. So if you brush your teeth and keep your gums and teeth in good shape, flossing, you're less likely to be out of it when you're older. I believe it. So um, I brush my teeth three times a day. And sometimes more if I'm consuming something that's not great. But morning, two minutes. Okay, electric toothbrush. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, and then uh, a mouthwash. I use Smart Mouth. And I have no interest in a company, but it's good. Then after lunch, I actually carry in my bag toothpaste and a little toothbrush, pop into the men's room wherever I am after lunch, boom. Then after dinner, the final floss, big, big time floss. Always listen to music while I'm flossing because that'll make you floss better. You're not rushed. And then two minutes uh, of that. You do that and then a mouthwash overnight. You do that, your gums and your teeth will be a lot healthier. A lot of people have hereditary problems in their mind, I know that. Um, but believe me, I just gave you a good smart life tip. All right, let's do the final thought here. Um, of course, with this new uh, July 24th special for premium and concierge members about the Biden investigation, which I'm in the forefront now, um, we are going to stay on the story, obviously. But the story is going to be difficult in August because Congress goes on recess from July 31st, Monday, till September 4th, after Labor Day. So no hearing, no committee hearings, all right? Nothing's going to go on. But there will be stuff. And I'm going to work, I'm going to take the, uh, some days off in August toward the end. But I'm, I'm, that's a good time for me to talk to a bunch of Congress people in private and get an idea of what's going to happen in September. That's the big push. Big push is September until the primaries start to vote in January. I don't think Biden's going to make it. I've said that and said that and said that. But boy, oh boy, this evidence is mounting. Anyway, we're going to be your go-to people. And the final thought is, I hope you uh, become premium and concierge members. You stay with us through the summer. We will have the best reporting on the Biden family finance story. Thank you for watching No Spin News tonight. Thank you for listening. Our affiliates all across the country. We'll see you again Monday.